Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good day, everyone. This is D. Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, the platform where we hear from birth mothers about their journey, what they've gone through, the grief, the trauma, the lifelong journey that we're on. And for those of you who are listening in, I don't know when you're listening, but Mother's Day comes once a year. It's coming up shortly as we're recording this podcast, and I am so happy. We got three moms on today. We've got Laura, Ashley, and Angie, and they're going to be sharing. They're going to tell start out a little bit by just telling their, their story just a little bit. Angie's podcast is already up. You can see that, and Laura and Ashley, they've recorded, so they're in the queue to be coming up also. But they will share who they are, whether it's open, close, how long, or if they're in reunion, just a short that. And then we're going to get into the hot topic of Mother's Day. Okay. So we've got Laura, we've got Ashley, and we've got Angie. So Laura, why don't you get started? Give us a short snippet <laughs> snippet about who you are. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, I'm a birth mother. I uh, gave birth to my son in 1967 and relinquished him for a uh, closed adoption. So we did, we have a reunion in 2016 and it lasted four and a half years and he took his own life. So I lost my son twice. Okay. And, um, okay. Thank you for that, Laura. And I just want to give a background on all the moms give a background themselves. And you'll see how relevant it is when we start talking about Mother's Day and the impact of Mother's Day. Ashley, would you share a little bit about yourself? Okay. I'm Ashley and I am from Georgia and I am a new birth mother in that my daughter is two and a half. She was born, um, October 29th, 2019, and it was not a voluntary relinquishment, but it did involve a lot of betrayal on the part of the adopting parents. But it, you know, this is all very new for me. I'm feeling a lot of grief, sorrow, regret, things like that. However, I am committed to doing whatever I need to do to help other people, but also to to recover and to get through this. And it's going to be a lifelong journey. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashley. Angie. Yes. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Yvonne, and for having me and Ashley and Laura. It's great to be here. I'm Angie. I am a birth mother to a 24-year-old daughter who... I placed for adoption in 1998. It had been indicated that we had an open adoption, but really, as time went on, it really was more of a semi-open adoption. However, I've been really fortunate to be in reunion with my daughter for about the past 10 years. So it's been a, a really great journey, sometimes sad but I'm also very grateful to see her develop as a young adult. And so I'm very grateful that she's back in my life. Very good. Very good. So you see, 
three different scenarios. And just as you've heard us talk about the podcast, Birth Moms Real Talk, and if you listen to any of the episodes, we're all the same, but so different in our stories and our journey. And so I'm going to ask all of you, Mother's Day is coming. And I, I ask this way because, see, as you know, I, I'm like the real talk. I, I talk about what affects me. Before Mother's Day, and this is this time, it's two weeks away or a little less than two weeks away now. I feel it in my body. I, I feel some anxiety and whatever, and, and my body keeps the score. It keeps the time. So that it knows and lets my body know that it's coming, and it's like aligning with my mind. So just talk about, you know, you can come in whatever order you want and, and say, what is the precursor or this period of time before Mother's Day? Is anxiety? What's going on? What are you feeling right now? So, I mean, whatever order you want to go, you want me to call you. You want me to be like a teacher. Okay. <laughs> All right, Laura. <laughs> you go okay. first. Okay. Okay. Hi, this is Laura. I just, every year, without even realizing it, I think I've always been anxious around Mother's Day for many different reasons. One of the reasons was, of course, that my oldest son was not in my life, along with my other children. And this, this will be another sad Mother's Day mm-hmm. in many ways, mm-hmm. because my son's no longer here. But is this your first Mother's Day without him? Actually, last year was the first last Mother's year. Day. It's been okay. a year. Okay. And, you know, um, this year will be easier, I think, but it will never go away. Right. You know, to, to lose your child one time to adoption and to find him again and then have him gone again is it's it's rough. Yeah, it takes its toll. It's 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 hard. It's hard. You know, I say that word all the time because it is. It's just hard. So Ashley, yeah. what's going on with you? You are a new mom two and a half years yes. in it. So what are your feelings now? Well I've I've analyzed it in my head, and I think that one reason why I have anxiety or some kind of shame that I feel around, you know, this time around Mother's Day, it has something to do with society's stigma on birth mothers. It has to be. You know, I shouldn't feel any kind of shame as Mother's Day approaches. I shouldn't feel any, you know, bad feelings, negative feelings, but, you know, besides the the fact that I, of course, miss my daughter, but but society has made it to where, okay, all mothers are supposed to have their children on Mother's Day, and they're supposed to get on Facebook and post pictures and things like that. And so one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to be on social media this week Good. or next weekend. Good. And so, yes, I'm going to take a little break, but yeah. I'm also going to work on any kind of shame factor that I've that I experience around mm-hmm. this time every year because what society thinks of me or what society thinks of my situation has nothing to do with me. It does not. And it does not matter. It does right. not matter. So we have to shake that off. You know what I exactly. think? It was a word. Was, answer to the name that, that you want to answer to. Otherwise, let the rest of them call and not respond. Right. Angie, what about you? Mother's Day has always been really complicated for me, even before I became a birth mother. I've been, it's an understatement to say that the relationship with my mother was complicated. So I've been estranged from my mother for many years. So there's some uh, shame around that because, you know, I've had people ask me, like, what type of person are you that you're not in communication with your mother? And then when I became a birth mother, 
well, that was an added layer of feeling disregarded, feeling overlooked, feeling sort of misplaced, like not sure where I exactly fit in. And usually leading up to Mother's Day weekend, you know, it sort of varies over the years. I can be a bit anxious. I can be a bit blue. About 11 years ago, and I'm not sure what I was thinking, but my husband and I actually got married the day before M- Mother's Day, just how it fell on the calendar. So, what day it was? I did not. I don't think I did. I, I don't think I did. And, and so some, some years, you know, our anniversary is falling you know, right before Mother's Day. And then, but this year, you know, it's before, so that will be nice. Right. right. You know what, and, and which is something which you alluded to, Angie, and thank you too, Ashley. I would get, because I've lived away from home since I was 18 years old with college. And I would get questions of, are you going home for these holidays? Whether it's Mother's Day or whatever, going home. Most of the time, my answer was no. And and I was, you actually say, what do you mean you're not going home? For, I'm not. <laughs> You know, it was just like maybe different what, from what other people would do, but that was just my situation. And so when we talk about society, it's up to us to decide on who we're going to listen to and what, whoever the they, you know, there's a t-shirt that who is they, who are these they, <laughs> they, they say this, they say that. Well, they say that, but that doesn't mean I have to say that. So it is about for I say, step, sticking our feet in the whether it's sand or standing on our grounds and our beliefs about that. So we've got the, whether it's anxiousness, anxiety, and my, my sleep pattern, my sleep pattern changed because a lot of times with my work and my schedule and all of that. But it is a sense of coming and not that it's dreading because I, I am a mother. I'm out. I've been a mother since October 1973 and will always be a mother. I say that whether we're with our children or not. So the day itself, let's talk about the day. What's our expectations, if any at all, or what are we planning on doing on Mother's Day? And then you could throw in there too about, for those listeners who are listening, I don't know if you know about that the Saturday before, quote unquote, that Sunday, Mother's Day is considered birth Mother's Day. So a designation, how long it's been, I don't know. So express your feelings about that or what you're really going to be doing. Let's go back to this year. You know, it... It varies every year what I'm doing. You know, one, as I mentioned, one year I was and then on my honeymoon uh-huh. <laughs> for Mother's Day, you know, and there's been um, some years I have felt obligated to, I'll just say, attend celebrations for, for others for Mother's Day. And there are times where I have just sort of checked out and have gone and done my own thing, whether it's spending time with friends or you know, going down to the beach by myself for a hike this year. And, and something I didn't mention in my intro, I, I'm the executive director of an organization called Empower Alliance. And so we provide supportive services, help build community and advocate for birth mothers. So one thing I will be doing, I'll be putting on my executive director hat on Mother's Day and speaking to the congregation of uh, the local Unitarian Society. And I really appreciate the support of the Reverend of the Unitarian Society for her support and awareness that this is a discussion that needs to be presented to the the congregation, you know, a different aspect of motherhood. So I am looking forward to uh, speaking to everyone. Very good. Okay. How about you, Ashley? 
I'm going to be going to church at a local church where I've gone my entire life off and on. And they give carnations to the mothers. And they also recognize the mothers of them to stand up. And, of course, I have two other children. But if I did not, I've thought about this. If I did not, I would still get a carnation and stand up when they say, you know, all the mothers in here, please stand up. Because I am a mother. And, of course, after that, I, I've, I've made a plan of what I'm going to do as far as the, in the next few weeks. And one of the one of the things I wanted to get done was to write a letter to the people that I felt angry with as a result of all of this. And so I'm going to write a letter to the one person that I felt, you know, the most angry towards. I'm going to do that on Sunday and get that out. And then, of course, burn That's it. That's your healing. That's part of your healing. Yes. So I'm going to do something like that. And then... Okay. You know, some self-care things. Mm-hmm. Do do my nails or something. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. How would you, Laura? Well, every year, my other children, I have five other adult children, usually do some kind of fun thing for me. You know, come over and make brunch or make for us. Or, you know, we, we used to go places, but it's so crowded out there, you know, to go out to dinner and whatever. So they usually come over to our house. And it's wonderful, and it's lovely, and, you know, since my first son was never really involved in Mother's Day with with me, because he was, you know, 2,000 miles away, but he um, still would call or text me, you know, usually would call his children and say Mother's Day after we reunited. But this year, just by listening to some of you in the last... Uh, times we've gotten together, I think what I'm going to do is write a letter to my first son okay. and, you know, repeat to him how how much it meant to me. Our reunion was so fantastic, mm-hmm. such a lovely time in my life and something I had always wanted. So I want to thank him for that and thank him for making me a mother for the first time. Absolutely. that That's wonderful, you know, and for me, and it varies, too, from year to year. But most of the time, it's like self-care. In fact, the Saturday before Mother's Day, that's 7th, I think, going with a girlfriend to a waterfront restaurant. So it's going to be a day of rest relaxation. It's a beautiful job. Water is my healer, so spend some time with water. And probably that Sunday, most, most Mother's Day, you know, I typically do not go to church. And it's probably, as you say, Ashley, you stand up in carnation. I don't want no carnation. I don't want to stand up. I know I'm a mom. And so a big part of that, I don't want to be around a lot of people. So that's why, you know, and I probably will. There's this beautiful garden, this monastery. That is one of my, well, my sacred places. And so hopefully the weather, because it's just up and down with the weather or whatever. But I'll probably spend time there. And I one awesome thing that's happened just in the past couple of days because I'm doing the feelings and not anxiousness, but just knowing it's coming, that I really, over the number of past number of years, that I really have developed to be, quote, unquote, the mom or mentor to a lot of other young people. I'm, I'm a business, business owner, and I do training around the world. And one of my mentees, and I consider her like my daughter, 
called me and she's actually coming here from Kigali, Rwanda, the day after, not the day after, the week after Mother's Day. And it was like, that was just what I did. So this is her first time in the U.S. and she's coming to stay with me. So it was like, I'm welcoming my daughter in the home with me. So it was like even more so extension of who I am at the same time. Typically, I will hear somewhere uh, somehow from my from my son and maybe a conversation or a text or email or whatever. And, and that itself is always, always loving and, and soothing for me of, of knowing that we are in connection and in reunion. And as a lot of you have said, too, it's like enjoying what we do have, you know, whether it's where we want it to be or not. And as, as you said, Ashley and then Laura, too, in writing a letter, I do journaling anyway. And so I more than likely will be writing, you know, um, sometime during that weekend with it, part of the self-care. And I, I say self-care and healing because it's, it's up to us to do our work as well as for us to be solidified and where we stand because this is never ending because it's lifelong. It is lifelong. So how this the other question I pose to all of you, and some of you may have already addressed it for us in in other people in the family or friends and so forth, do they tell you happy Mother's Day? Now a lot of you, most of you are not Angie doesn't have a good joke. But do you get happy Mother's Day from people in your circle? I this is Laura. I get happy Mother's Day from many of my friends who know my story now. Okay. And last year, I was I was really surprised, and and my heart was warmed by how many wrote to me that day saying, "I know this is your first okay. Mother's Day without your son," and you know, I appreciated that so much. So I'm going to make a point of doing that to my friends who are birth mothers that I've met in this last year, because I think that's. It's so important that we recognize the fact that we are mothers, mm-hmm. regardless of what society says, regardless of the secrets we've held for years and years. We are mothers. And my first son is just as important to me as my other children, and he always will be. Absolutely. How would you, Ashley? Did you get did you get happy Mother's Day? Yeah. And you've got, I know you've got other children raised. But. Yeah. Laura, that was so beautiful. Thank you so much for saying what you just said. It really mm-hmm. was touching. I mean, I get a happy Mother's Day. I get, you know, text mes- text messages from my friends and things like that. Don't really have any family to speak of. My parents are both gone, and I don't really have support from my family at all. I never have. So I don't receive anything from them, but... I can tell myself Happy Mother's Day and be just as happy. But, of course, my children are a little older, so they are able to voice that to me. And, and you know, the pain in being a birth mother who has been betrayed, it's just any day is is the same as as the next. Mm -hmm. The pain and the mental torment. Mm -hmm. So Mother's Day really just isn't a whole lot different for me. Yeah, and I like the fact you're saying that you can give to yourself. Buy yourself flowers. Well, I, I buy myself flowers throughout the year. <laughs> I mean, really. And and really, if it's become, when I say so convenient, most supermarkets, grocery stores will have bouquets of flowers. 
And actually right now I'm looking for a plant that's got flowers in it. That's like a flowering plant. So, you know, because cut flowers will last maybe a week, week and a half and so forth. But what amazing thing that happened to me last Mother's Day, been in reunion for the past four years. And if you listen to my podcast, you hear me talk about my angel, Dr. B. I got Mother's Day flowers He's 93 years old. He was the one who delivered my son. And that, I mean, it was like out of the blue, you know, arrived a couple of days before Mother's Day. I'm looking when it came, it's like, it was him. So it was, I mean, just so touching. And, and that was the whole thing, too, of recognizing when we talk about society, recognize the people who do uh, love us and reward us and are there for us. And that's what I've come to terms with and not have the expectations of others who, if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. And it's like being able to, 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 to monitor that or go through that no matter what. That, that's how I've kept, <laughs> but quite frankly, my sanity. Because that's what it comes down to. Because we can get truly off base. That roller coaster comes real fast and it throws us off. But how do we manage that? You know, that's Mother's Day. So we know Mother's Day is coming. But let's talk about our child's birthday. How do we deal with that? Y'all gonna make uh, me call them. Well, no, this is <laughs> I'll go. This is this is Angie. <laughs> I'll 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 hop in. This is Angie. You know, kind of like Mother's Day, the the time leading up to my daughter's birthday, it also varies year by year. A lot of those years, extreme. I think for me, that's when I will have a lot of the physical manifestations will start happening for me. Headaches, stomach ache, extreme anxiety, sadness. And Sometimes I don't, you know, I'll think like, oh, what's going on with me? What's going on with my body? And then I think, oh, well, look at the calendar. Like this is leading up to, you know, her birthday. And so I remember the her first birthday just being so, I, I, I thought, wow, I survived. I survived this first year and it's a miracle that I did. It's incredibly tough. Oh, and there were, I had, and I, you know, during that, you know, during that first year, I also was evicted from my home. I lost my car, the, you know, I needed to get away from the, you know, the biological father that was a tumultuous relationship. So there was a lot of chaos during that first year. So it really, it, it, truthfully, a miracle I survived, you know, when my daughter turned, you know, 18, I was elated because I knew, I, you know, I felt more comfortable because, you know, in our society, we deem, you know, 18, someone's legally an adult and, you know, there, there feels a bit more freedom with that. So I was very excited when she turned 18 and I find now, you know, since then I get very excited for her birthday. You know, I've always have sent her over the years, cards and photos on her birthday. And now, you know, it's really cool to ask her like, Hey, what do you want for your birthday? Or I can just, I can just send you some cash or, you know, a few years ago we took, my husband and I were able to take her out 
uh, for breakfast and give her presents in person and even went with her. She wanted to get a tattoo. And so we went with her to the tattoo shop and or the tattoo parlor. And it doesn't mean I don't still have those moments of, of you know, wistfulness of sadness, but it, it feels quite different now than it did in the early years. All right. All right. Okay. All right, Ashley, your child's birthday. Yes. And I agree with Angie in a lot of ways um, that that's going to be a lot tougher than Mother's Day for me. It's going to, the manifestations, the physical manifestations, stress, you know, not being able to really take a deep breath because you're so anxious, sadness, depression, anger, a lot of anger. But the way that that I believe would be best to combat all that is to just celebrate her birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, get a get a cake or make a cake and and or with the kids and just and celebrate her mm-hmm. birthday instead of keeping it this dirty little secret or something I'm ashamed of or you know something I'm so angry I can barely stand myself. This is this needs to be something where I'm celebrating her life and celebrating. Mm-hmm you know, that she's here and, and, and trying to get through this the best way I can, but in the most positive way. Because in spite of the pain, the grief, the sorrow, the anger, the trauma, we are mothers of children. I mean, that's how I put it, you know, and and I speak about that because my, my son is my own child. And so he, he's my joy, uh, in spite of joy and pain or whatever you want to say it, but it all goes together. But also that's life, but it is life and, and, and whatever the situation is. And I always look at, I have him and I'm just so grateful to be in, to know him as an adult and get steadily getting to know him. That is sometimes the intriguing thing for me. And the excitement for me is like I'm learning stuff all the time with conversations and seeing so much of me in him. And that that's when a smile does come across. Mannerism or something is said is like, wow, that's me. That's that nature. That's that nature. And it takes both. You hear me say nature and nurture. I I, I say that I gave him life and his 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 adopted family. Has taught him how to live. So he takes both. Takes both. How would you look? Now, you're coming well, up with your second Mother's Day without your son. How was and is his birthday? And when that comes up? Well, for 49 years, I, I really struggled every year on his birthday. The week before his birthday, I would have that, you know, the anxious feeling and the anger. The depression over the years, you know, it would fluctuate from one to the other, depending on what was happening. And as I've told you before, my son was a huge secret in my life. Mm-hmm. I moved away within a year after he was born from my hometown and moved to California. And I've been here ever since. And I just, you know, I, I just had a real rough time the week of his birthday every year. I had his birth card, which I had actually stolen off of his little bassinet. And I would hold that birth card and sob alone in my bedroom for years and years on his birthday. 
That was the only tangible proof I had of my son. Well, then the, the best thing in the world happened. We reunited six months before he turned 50. Mm -hmm. So on his 50th birthday, my son, my husband encouraged me to do this. We had been back there visiting two months before, but my uh, husband encouraged me to ask the boys if any of them wanted to go with me. And my youngest son could get off work, and he did go with me. We flew back there for a surprise for my my son's 50th birthday, and it was it was so surreal and so beautiful. And I'm so happy that we were able to do that. As we were we walked up to his house early in the morning, we had on party hats, oh. and um, he opened the front door. And right before he opened the front door, I started to cry. And my youngest son said, "Mom." It's okay. And I said, well, this is my first birthday with him. Yeah. And he said, no, Mom, you were there for his very first birthday. Right. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Right. You know, and we have those memories. I live back again the number of years after my son was born. I would celebrate his birthday with a cupcake and a candle. <laughs> it was just always one candle, no matter if he was growing. It was always just one cup, one cake, one cupcake and a candle. And and I chose chose the cupcake, you know, because I didn't know what he liked. So it was like, it about me, you know. Let me get myself one. And truth be told, I considered my son's birthday my mother's day because that was the day and he was born. To me, that's my mother's day. And just through the years, of course, thinking about him not just on his birthday, but in celebrating. But I have an occasion too for when. Back in the union, since we've been in the union, happened to, wasn't actually on his birthday, but a couple of days before after his birthday, March, and I gave him his family. That was like oh. a legacy with that. But this is the funny part is that one of his favorite restaurants is Cracker Barrel. And if you know Cracker Barrel, I think it's a country store, it's got a lot of old candies and all that. And we were talking, and I, and I don't know whether I asked him that, but he said his favorite candy was these. Coconut bars, they were chocolate, and vanilla, and pink. It was like three colors. So in Cracker Barrel, I was like, they probably have it here. So we're looking in Cracker Barrel for these coconut <laughs> bars that were, you know, back in the day. And we found it. So I bought my son a candy bar <laughs> for his birthday. And it, it was, it was. I mean, that was a moment. That was a moment because it was like, I had no clue what his favorite candy was growing up. When you said that, it's like, they probably got it there. And we found it. So I bought my son King's for his birthday. So that was amazing. So we have these moments that you never forget again with that. And so that's a big part of that. So, you know, as you say, we I got these moms together to talk about because this is going to air near Mother's Day and, and repeat for moms who listening in and to really show you, and if you don't know already, we're all in this together. <laughs> There's so much things that we just experienced together. And to let the moms out there know that you're not alone. And this is a journey we all out on. So just just in a roundtable again, what would you say to birth moms out there, Angie? Not only just around Mother's Day, but birthdays. Because, you, you know, you run an organization to give support to birth moms. What has been the most helpful or just some different things that you would just recommend mothers 
birth mothers to be doing for themselves and their self-care and their healing from this grief and trauma? Sure. Well, first and foremost, I think all birth mothers are worthy of being treated with dignity and respect. I agree with Ashley. There's a lot of shame that society puts on us. You know, that's a whole other pod podcast episode, but I really encourage, you know, kind of, you know, like things that Ashley and Laura and you were saying today, like really, you know, take that time to celebrate yourself. If that's what you want to do, make space for things that you want to do. Don't feel that you, you know, quote unquote, should do something or, you know, try to step away from, you know, any unnecessary unnecessary obligations. Fully agree. Stay off of social media. If you find that something that's triggering for you and does not bring you joy, just step away and just really, yeah, find something that truly, you know, brings you joy or peace or comfort that day. And then if, you know, nothing resonates with anyone about what I said, you know, and if it's a day that you fully embrace and love to celebrate all aspects of it. Hey, you know, go for it. Do that too. You know, I, every, everyone's different. You know, I just, what my hope for birth moms is that they do what feels genuine and authentic for themselves that day. Very good. Thank you. Ashley, what would you say to birth moms out there? I would tell them that no matter what society says about Placing a child or losing a child, you must remain um, firm in the belief that, like that you are worthy of being treated with dignity, being treated with respect. You are special. You are a hero. I mean, you have brought a life into this world. Yes. And you have made someone very, very happy. You are a, a hero and you deserve love. You deserve be honored. And so if, if someone else doesn't want to honor you, honor yourself because you're worth it. And no matter what anyone in society say, it does not matter. That's not your business. Just love yourself, respect yourself, and know that you're special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, mention it, Laura. You got a project coming out when you mention that. I've always got a lot of projects coming up, but yeah, on May 10th, a couple of days after Mother's Day, my book, which is a memoir about the year 1967, when I gave birth to my son, and I'm very proud of my book. It was probably one of the bravest things I've ever done to write this story. I never dreamed I would even speak about it, but to write about it was, oh boy, it was so freeing. And I, I hope that it helps other mothers and adoptees to understand what it was like in 1967. And also to, to see the arc of the story. I, I accept what happened. Like you were saying earlier, it is what it is. I, I realized how strong I was while I was writing this book, that I had been a strong young woman and never even realized it because I was so full of shame. I would like for all birth mothers to know how strong and exceptional they are. We, we were full of such shame and guilt, and many you know, of us still are. 
And we need to look at the positive. We look, need to look at what kind of women we are because every birth mother I've met has been an amazing, strong woman. And I am so proud of us for standing up now and, and saying we deserve respect and we, we deserve to be loved. And we deserve to love ourselves. And let me quickly tell you, the name of the book is You'll Forget This Ever Happened. Secret Shame in Adoption in the 1960s. And the reason I titled my book that is because I was told repeatedly, you will forget this ever happened, and you never forget it. And you know what? We shouldn't forget it. So I just hope all birth mothers, no matter how you spend Mother's Day, that you love yourself because you totally deserve it. I agree wholeheartedly to all of what all of you have said. And just that title, too, Laura, when you speak of it, who gave them that script anyway? I think most of us heard, heard about that. You know, yeah. you just move on forward. You just forget about this. Just go on with your life. And I like looking at them. You must be out of your mind. You know, I'm like, how in the world, you know, when you, and I think Ashley used the word hero, Angie used the word force worthy. We brought a human into this world. Okay. Yep. We yep. brought a human into this world. We're blessed to be. I consider birth a miracle. I consider that a miracle. We brought a human into this world. At the same time, and you've heard me say this before, we walked out of the hospital with empty arms. We walked out of the hospital with empty arms. And not to say that, that, that we're not the only one, but like in, in, in just recognizing what we have been through and we are still standing tall. And even we hump over or go or, or, or with, with, with a grief and sorrow or whatever, that's why we end this together to get your therapy, do your work, come to support groups, talk about it. Secrets will keep you sick. And it is like a weight lifted. I've seen it before my eyes, not just even since I've started the podcast, but when I've talked to birth moms or just adoption community, when that relief from not keeping a secret is like a thousand, two tons weight just relief. Because like I'm eyes free again, you know? I mean, really, I say it to that point because it puts, I mean, just the smell, the countenance in their face just changes when you see people speaking, and I've seen people who have come on the podcast and use an alias or not, it's like first time talking about it after 40, 50, 60 years. And that's amazing. That is truly amazing. I want to thank all of you today for being the moms who are willing to talk about the pain and the joy and the happiness that can come about in giving ourselves our worth. And because we are worthy. We are moms. We'll always be moms. We'll always be moms to our children. And we can stand on that. Give ourselves all that we want out of life. Buy your flowers. Buy your dessert. My favorite is lemon chest pie. You know, so it's like, and my, and my favorite place is a, is, a flower, is a garden or the water. Just spending time with that. So I give myself what I need for to settle my soul, my spirit, and for me to be at the best place I can. Because there's a purpose behind my life. And I'm living fulfilled the purpose. I want to thank all the listeners out there for listening to Birth Moms Real Talk. Follow us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Instagram. Like our podcast. 
give a comment, a review. I hear so many comments back from adoptees, adopted parents, and birth mothers. If you want to share your story, and I know everybody doesn't want to share their story, but if you want to share your story, go on our website, www.birthmomsrealtalk.com and submit your story to record a podcast. For those who want the privacy with it, we have our Birth Moms Real Talk Village, which we met in a Zoom last night. That's your little incubation space, I like to say, that you can be there and, and get with other sisters and moms and whatever and have conversations. We're reading Primal Womb right now. And so that's that that's that group, that closed group there, that you're there and got connections. Anytime you feel like sad, call up a sister who's in the village regarding that. So thank you all for listening in. We will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then.